0: Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the 1952-1953 season of The Jack Benny Show. Tonight, uh, Jack has a interesting guest star. His guest star is Stanley Kramer, producer, director of such amazing, uh, wonderful, diverse films. I mean, he's... Uh, was involved with The Cane Mutiny, The Defiant Ones, Pride and Passion, uh, Judgment at Nuremberg, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World. I mean, he was involved with some of the most wonderful films, and uh, often as the producer, often as the director, sometimes as both. Uh, he just, his impact uh, can't be stressed enough. Uh, we here locally in, uh, the Seattle area uh got a chance for him to retire in this area and then he appeared on uh, one of our local television channels and would introduce movies uh for many many years uh, i think like 16 years he did that uh, and if i remember right he also uh introduced television shows uh, sometimes and i believe he is partially um why I got into Jack Benny cuz he would introduce the, I believe the Jack Benny show and Burns and Allen shows and things like that so uh so we really I owe him a, a debt <laughs> anyway but uh, he, uh just a, a, a charming interesting man and uh it's great to hear him on the Jack Benny show and they're going to play around with a, one of his movies uh that he was involved with High Noon and uh it, it's always great to hear uh, Jack's takes on these on these classic movies, and uh, sometimes have the actual um, director or producer there. Uh, he, of course, uh, we have Frank Capron before on the Jack Benny Show as, as he was doing a, "It's a Wonderful Life," and now to have um, Stanley Kramer on uh, as they as they uh, have some fun with with one of his films. What I think is kind of interesting is when they switched over to television, they didn't do any more of this where you'd, um, it was just where you wouldn't have uh, like a comedian on. You'd have a director or a producer or uh, a a famous baseball player or something like that, which they would do, or a boxer or something, which they would do on the on the Jack Benny radio show. But on the television show, it seemed like they always felt like they had to get. An actor, or a musician, or or a singer, someone who is going to perform for us, uh, in instead of being like a uh, just a, a, a real life character or a person with an interesting job and that sort of thing. And I don't know why that decision was made, but uh, I, I, you know, we've talked before about how I would have loved for the TV show to be more like the radio show. Uh, than it was, but anyway, uh, here we have, uh, oh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you guys a bonus tonight, uh, now that I think about it, since we're talking about the TV show, and being more like the radio show, I'm going to bring you a TV show version of the radio show that um, I think is is very close to the radio show, and really tries to be, um, I just found this uh, the other day, watched it for the first time. Very enjoyable. Um, so tonight, after you listen to the radio show, click on the link that I'm going to list, and it'll take you to YouTube, and you will get a chance to watch um, the actual uh, train station episode of the television show that's not in the current syndication package. And uh, the he redid it later, a number of years later. Um, as the as the airport episode and it just doesn't work quite as well that was after Mel Blanc was injured in a car accident and he couldn't use Mel very much uh... in this case uh... of the train station show he can use Mel a lot and Mel does some wonderful things this is uh... just a packed packed episode where where there's so many guests on the show and and they do such a great job and uh, it is just a fun episode. It might be my new favorite episode of all the Jack Benny shows for television. So, here's your chance to enjoy that, and I'll link to that tonight. Like I say, enjoy Jack, enjoy Stanley Kramer. Uh, just a, a really wonderful evening for you folks tonight, and we will see you next time. Oh, and please remember, I haven't mentioned it. I'm supposed to mention it every week, and I haven't mentioned it in a couple weeks. We definitely could use donations. Always. We're always trying to pay for our bandwidth. Uh, I try and bring you the highest quality shows I can. So uh, anybody who could donate, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, To to make me a donation, you go to, um, what is it? (laughs) BuckBennyOTR at gmail.com is my PayPal address. Uh, If you go to our webpage, uh, there's a link uh, on the very first page of the the webpage. Um, To find my webpage, just go to Google, type in... um, Buck Benny podcast or Jack Benny podcast. It'll be the first one that comes up and just click on the donate button. And that will allow you to donate however much you feel comfortable donating to our podcast to keep it going. So again, thank you so much and enjoy and we'll see you next time.
1: The Jack Benny program transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. You know, friends, nothing, no, nothing beats better taste. And remember,
2: Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. For luckies like me,
1: tobacco, richer tasting, tobacco. Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. <coughs> lucky's like, <coughs> lucky's like. Taste makes the big difference in your smoking enjoyment because nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. And luckies taste better. Yes, lucky's do taste better, cleaner and fresher and smoother. And here's why. First of all, every Lucky is made of fine tobacco that's light and mild. Naturally, it's good-tasting tobacco. Then, too, Luckies are made better to taste better, so that every puff will give you the full enjoyment of that fine tobacco. So, friends, get the better taste and the greater smoking enjoyment of fine tobacco in the better-made cigarette. Be happy. Go Lucky. Make your next carton Lucky Strike. Lucky tastes better.
3: Cleaner, fresher, cooler. Lucky Strike! Lucky
1: Strike! The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don (laughs) Wilson. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, the new administration is carrying on a big change in Washington. But this is Hollywood. So now I give you a man who never carries any change, Jack Benny!
4: Thank
3: you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don... (laughs) I'll never understand how such
5: a little joke could come out of such a big, fat body. (laughs) I thought it was rather clever. Oh, you did? (laughs) Well, Don, I haven't got time to argue about that because tonight we have a very important play on our show. We're going to do our version of that great Stanley Kramer film, High Noon. But, Jack, we already did High Noon this season. I know, Don, but I've had so many requests to do it over again, we just have to repeat it. No kidding. That's right. In fact, I have one beautiful letter begging me to do it over word for word. Really? Who is it from? My writers.
1: (laughs) They're tired of working. I can't understand that, Jack. You've got four writers and the season's just half over. Why should they be so tired? Well, they're very, very
5: busy, Don. See, they write my show at night and during the day. Two of them teach English, you know. Who are they teaching? The other two.
3: Anyway, Don,
5: as soon as everybody gets here, we're going to do High Noon. Say, Jack. Uh, what
6: is it, Bob? What? Well, it's High Noon that you're repeating, isn't that a United Artists picture? Yes. What about it? Well, nothing. Only I thought your grudge was against Warner Brothers.
4: <laughs>
5: Bob, I know my writers are tired of working. I didn't think you were. <laughs>
2: Hello, everybody. Am I late?
5: No, no, Mary. We're just getting started.
2: Well, I stopped off at the Furrier's to look at some stoles, and I had lost all track of time.
5: Stoles? Mary, I gave you a fur stole for Christmas. I know. Well, where is it?
2: Hanging for my radiator cap. <laughs>
1: same say, Mary, did you know that tonight we're doing a repeat of our play, High Noon? We are? That's
5: right, Mary, and I've invited the man who produced it, Stanley Kramer, to be here tonight.
2: Jack, Stanley Kramer's a very important producer. Do you know him?
5: Well, not personally. My agent arranged the whole thing. He'll be over after a while. Huh? Jack, I don't know if the background
6: music will be the same as last time. Why not? you got the same arrangement. Yeah, I know, but last week we added the pickle poop. <laughs>
3: You you added a, a piccolo player to your band?
6: That's right, and the fellas in the band are just wild about this boy. He's what they call a, a musician's musician. Mm-hmm. Well, what makes him so good? Well, besides playing the piccolo, he owns a liquor store. <laughs> a liquor store? Yeah, you ought to see the size of the case he carries that piccolo
3: in.
4: <laughs>
3: well, anyway, as far as the music is concerned, do the best you can. Hello, everybody. Hello, Mary. Give me a kiss. Why'd you kiss me? Yes, Dennis, what's the matter with you? Oh, it's a bet I got with my girl. A bet? Yeah, I bet I could kiss every woman I saw today and I wouldn't get one slap in the face.
5: Well, that's certainly an interesting bet. How are you doing?
3: Three husbands punched me silly. (laughs) I thought so. One old man beat me with a cane.
4: (laughs) Now, Dennis,
3: I have a feeling... Can I go home now? No, you can't. Dennis,
5: we're doing High Noon, and I want you to be on your best behavior because Stanley Kramer is
3: going to watch us. Boy, am I anxious to meet him. What a tennis player. That's Jack Kramer. (laughs) For goodness sake, Dennis, don't you know anything?
5: Oh, take it easy, Jack. What are you so excited about? I can't help it, Mary. He's such a stupid kid.
3: How can anyone not
5: know Stanley Kramer, the man who produced pictures like The Champion, Home of the Brave, My Six Convicts, member of the wedding, the happy time. There isn't one other person in our whole business who doesn't know Stanley Kramer. I beg your pardon, but I... Look, mister, I don't know what you want, but you'll have to wait. I'm trying to do a show
3: here. I'm expecting one of the biggest producers in Hollywood, and you come in here and bother me. Who are you, anyway? Stanley Kramer. Oh. Wait a minute, you... You're Stanley Kramer? Yes. He produced The Champion, The Home of the Brave, my sick I-, I know what he's done.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Just that, uh,
5: Mr. Kramer, Mr. Kramer, you know, for such a big producer, I was expecting a man more my age, you know, I mean, you seem so much younger. How old are you? Thirty-nine. <laughs> Gee, I, I was sure you'd be younger, but what's the difference? You're you're here, and I'm happy you can make it.
3: Well, thanks, Jack. And frankly, I'm curious to see how you manage to transfer high noon to radio. You know, in preparing this subject for the screen, we were faced with the problem of presenting the complexities of a man fighting his own emotions.
6: I know, Mister Kramer. And you even employed a musical theme to crystallize the inner conflict of a man possessed of fierce pride and deep sense of duty coping with the dilemma of a newfound love. Well,
3: that's true. Our hero was temporarily disoriented by a set of circumstances that juxtaposed turbulent, pathological fear against the inherent urgings of an almost puritanical conscience. Well, I... Oh, shut
4: up! <laughs>
5: say that I thought it was a wonderful picture. And you know, Mr. Kramer, in our radio version, I play the part of Gary Cooper. You do? Of course, I've added little touches of my own. Uh, By the way, Mr. Kramer, it just occurred to me that we might be able to get together on one of your future pictures.
3: Well, thanks, Jack, but I've got all the financing I need. Well, I mean acting. Well, I'd like to use you, Jack, but you see, even though I've gotten away from it a few times, my policy has been to star unknown.
2: Well, star Jack. He'll make you an unknown overnight.
4: <laughs>
3: Mary, for that remark... I... Oh, Jack, it's getting late. We'd better start our sketch. Okay. Oh, just sit down, Mr. Kramer, and I'm sure you
5: will enjoy it. Thanks. You're you welcome. Okay, Don... High Noon, take it.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction of the evening, we're going to present our version of that epic of the West, the Stanley Kramer production of High Noon. The time is the year 1875. The place, the little town of Hadleyville. The scene is in the office of the Justice of the Peace.
5: I'm the town marshal, and my name is Gary Kane. This is my wedding day. Yep. Right at this moment, I'm a getting married to my sweetheart, Amy. Do not forsake me, oh, my
2: darling. On oh, this
6: Take me, oh my do you, Amy, take this man Gary to be your lawful wedded husband?
2: I do.
5: Do you, Gary, take Amy for your lawful wedded wife? Yep.
4: <laughs>
5: now repeat after me, Amy. I, Amy, take thee, Gary, to love, honor, and cherish. I,
2: Amy, take thee, Gary, to love, honor, and cherish.
5: Now you, Gary. I, Gary, take thee, Amy, to love, honor, and cherish. I, Gary, take thee, Amy, to love, honor, and cherish. And with all my worldly goods, I thee endow. And with.
6: <laughs> Come on,
5: repeat it. And with all my worldly goods, I thee endow. Ah, uh, Gary, take thee, Amy, for love, honor, and yes, care. Justice, I
2: even had to buy the ring. I now pronounce
6: you man and wife.
2: Gary, my husband.
6: Amy,
5: my bride. Kiss me. Uh-uh-uh-uh, it's customary for the justice of the peace to get the first kiss. Stand aside, Amy, the man wants to kiss me.
2: Mommy!
0: Come on, Mary. Amy.
3: <laughs> Today, Mary is playing the part of Amy.
5: let get going on our honeymoon.
2: Gee, Jerry, I'm so glad you're going to give up your job as
5: Marshal and put those awful guns away. Yes, Amy. Now we can have a peaceful life.
1: Marshal! And... Marshal! Yeah, what's up? Terrible news. Frank Miller's been released from jail. No. Yeah, and he's arriving in town at high noon. High noon. Here's <laughs>
4: high
1: noon, and three of his are waiting at the railroad station to beat him. Where are my guns? And i better swear in
5: some deputies. I gotta get Frank Miller before he gets me.
2: Gary, tell me, what's this all about?
5: Amy, five years ago, I arrested Frank Miller and sent him to jail. He vowed he'd kill me when he got out. So I gotta get him first.
2: But, Gary, you may be killed. I don't want to become a widow on my wedding day. I want to go on a honeymoon.
5: Look, Amy, I can't run away. You wouldn't want to be married to
3: a coward, would you?
2: Well, I'd do anything to get out of the May Company.
3: Then
5: I realized that Amy, spelled sideways, was May. (laughs) But I had my duty to perform, even if it meant losing Amy. I went outside. I walked the hot, dusty, deserted streets, looking in vain for men
2: to serve as deputies. Oh, to be torn with love and duty. I lose my fair-haired beauty Look at that big hand move along Here in high noon He made a bow while in state prison Now would be my life for his
5: I went everywhere looking for deputies I went to their homes, to the general store And I went to the town's saloon In fact, we had a scene in the saloon But we cut it because Phil Harris is on another network <laughs> Finally, I went looking for desperate Dennis McNulty, a man who had been my assistant. Suddenly I saw him. He came riding towards me.
6: Whoa, whoa, easy now, easy, old paint. (laughs) I never had the heart to tell him.
5: that cow
4: everywhere.
5: In fact, he was the man who originated the white line down the middle of the street. He dismounted and said,
3: "Hi, Gary. Congratulations. I heard you just got married. That's right, I did.
5: Who'd you marry? The schoolteacher? No way. They always do in westerns. But I haven't time to talk about that. I'm in trouble, Frank. I'm in trouble. Frank Miller's coming back in town to kill me. <laughs>
6: Yeah. You will? Sure you're not afraid? Of course not. When I see Frank Miller,
3: I'll sneak up behind him. Uh-huh. Then I'll stick my gun in his back and say feet up.
5: You mean hands up?
3: No, feet up. Pat him on the popo. What?
6: Let's hear him
2: laugh. <laughs> As
5: I left him, he turned the cow over on its back. And was milking it looked like the fountain at Wilshire and Santa Monica. I kept walking on through the town looking for help. The streets were deserted. It was getting close to high noon and I had to find somebody to deputize. So I just kept walking.
2: think it's time for our commercial. <laughs> this sketch may take all day. We want to sing about those luckies. Those good old luckies. Fine-tasting lucky. And and Everyone standing round the staring Look at that big hand move along Near in high noon Lucky's are so much better tasting Give him another time's a-wasting He's not afraid of death But oh, what will he do Without lucky? No truth Once I'm start smoking. be sure it's lucky, those good old luckies, so free and easy on the draw,
4: there was 10 men of
5: short. Still, I could find no one to help me. I was a marked man. No one would even come near me. This was before the days of chlorophyll. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. In my search for help, I wandered down to the Mexican quarter. I came upon a group of people who were having a fiesta. Needing a deputy badly, I approached one of the men and said, Pardon me, senor, but do you know who I am? Si. You know there's a man out to kill me? Si. Would you be willing to help me? Si. What's your name? Si. Si? si. Now you, you, senorita, are you a sister?
4: <laughs> is
2: it all right
5: for your brother to help you?
2: <laughs>
5: What's your name?
2: Conchita Guadalupe Lolita Hernandez Gonzalez Carita del Prado Romano Rosita
4: Ramirez.
3: <laughs> Concita Guadalupe Lolita Hernandez Gonzalez Carita del Prado Romano Rosita Ramirez.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but that name is too long. What can I call you? Sue.
5: But I was talking to her, wasn't I? (laughs) What do you do for a living? So on Cochita Guadalupe, Lolita Hernandez, Gonzalez, Clarita, Zalprada, Ramona, Rosita, Ramira getting killed. (laughs) It would drive the tombstone maker nuts. And now I had to make up my mind. I wasn't going to wait for Miller to come looking for me. I decided to go down to the railroad station and wait for him. He made a vow while in state prison Vowed would be
2: my life for him I'm not afraid of death, but, oh, what will I do if you leave me? I reached
5: the railroad station. Frank Miller's train was due to arrive at high noon. With only a few minutes to wait, I went inside. Train now loading on track five 549. nine. I was alone in the station except for one cowboy. Thinking I could make him a deputy, I went over to talk to him. What's your name, partner? Tex Crosby. Tex, eh? Then you were born in Texas. No, I was
6: born in Louisiana, but ain't nobody gonna call me Louise. (laughs) That's an old joke. Well, it was new in 1875. Oh, yeah. What are you doing here anyway, Tex? Well, I'm waiting for Frank Miller to arrive. We're going to kill the town
5: marshal. Oh, you are, eh? Well, I'm the town marshal. And I'm going to kill you.
6: Ain't now leaving on track. Five, for Anaheim,
5: Azusa, and Coop. Well, I'll give you a fighting chance. Well, I count three, draw and shoot. Okay. One, two... Oh Among
4: Us uh...
6: I got you, Tex. Oh, oh, oh.
5: As he lay there, he reminded me of his brother. He was a groaner too. Had gotten rid of one of the killers. The high noon train pulled into the station, came to a stop. Frank Miller got off the very last car, was met by his two remaining henchmen. This was my feet with destiny. I fell a lonely silence as I walked toward the three men who wanted to kill me. Alone in the blazing noonday sun with my hands on my guns. Slowly, I kept a going towards him. Hmm. My clumsy sound man got up, and I continued walking. <laughs> sweating. My throat was dry. I knew that within one minute, either they or I would be dead. As soon as I got within pistol range, I drew my gun and fired. Yep, I'd killed all three of them without giving them a chance to talk. This wasn't the way it was done in the picture, but I know how to save money on actors. I was safe now. My only problem was whether to ask my wife to come back to me or go looking for Conchita Guadalupe, Lolita Hernandez, Gonzalez Carita Del Prado, Ramona Rosita Ramirez. But I and the whole town knew it was high noon. On the next Saturday, February 7th, more than 3,250,000 scouts and leaders of the Boy Scouts of America have a candle lighting job on their hands. It is the beginning of Boy Scout week, and these scouts are adding the 43rd candle on their birthday cake. Candles that through the years have lighted boyhood's path to manhood, brightening the way with fun and fellowship, guiding boys to a future of good citizenship. And ladies and gentlemen, today's scouts are tomorrow's citizens. Thank you.
1: Jack will be back in just a moment. But first, a word to cigarette smokers. Nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. And remember... Lucky
2: tastes better, cleaner, nicer, smoother... Lucky
4: tastes better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky
1: like me, my tobacco richer tasting. My tobacco. Lucky tastes better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's, like, Lucky's, like. Friends, your enjoyment of a cigarette comes from its taste. And that's why I want to remind you that nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. Now, Lucky's give you that better taste you want. A cleaner, fresher, smoother taste. A thoroughly better taste that starts right with the fine, light, and mild tobacco that goes into every Lucky. Yes, L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. What's more, Lucky's also taste better because they're made better, made round and firm and fully packed to draw freely and smoke evenly. So, friends, for your own real deep-down smoking enjoyment, for a better-tasting cigarette, change to Lucky Strike. So be happy. Go Lucky. Next time you buy cigarettes, get a carton of Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky, get better, today.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Mr. Stanley Kramer for appearing on our program and also to congratulate him on the many wonderful pictures that he has produced. And one of the best of all is his latest production, Member of the Wedding, starring Ethel Waters, Julie Harris, and Brandon Wilde. Good night, folks.
1: Jack Benny Program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Jonesburg, George Balter, John Bacchaberry. Produced and translated by Hillyman. Here the American way with Morris height for Lucky Strike every Thursday over this same station. Soldier newspaper for the time. the program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes.
5: Stay tuned for Amos and
6: Andy, which follows immediately over the CBS Radio Network.
0: Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the 1942-1943 season of the Jack Benny Show. Well, this is going to be one of those podcasts, for those of you who like it when I interweave lots of different topics uh, that are all connected with a central theme. Uh, that's, this is going to be one of my more bizarre ones, but uh, here we go. If you've noticed the last few weeks of this season... We have uh, the episodes of the Jack Benny Show in the 42-43 season have been taking place in Maryland and Quantico, Virginia, and all around Washington, D.C., and that is because Jack was uh, appearing uh, in one of the presidential balls at the time, and we just had our inaugural presidential balls, the dances that go on, Um, recently. uh, Jack appeared uh, and entertained, I guess, in many of these. I don't know if the current ones, I was trying to read up about it and I couldn't really find out exactly, but whether they have just music or do they have someone come out and entertain as well, uh, you know, a comedian or something, because apparently that's what they did for years was had, uh, some entertainers at them, or maybe entertainers were going to the ball and then still, uh, entertaining uh, the president and, and uh, guests and so forth at a different, um, function during that time frame. I'm not sure how that all worked. But I do know that Jack entertained, um, presidents from FDR all the way up until his death, um, uh, There's of course famous pictures of Jack playing uh, music with uh, Harry Truman. Uh, I just found a picture and I'll post that on tonight's episode of Jack uh, playing with uh, Richard Nixon when he was Vice President of the United States. And I had not seen that photo before so that's kind of fun. Also, uh, some folks are going to think I'm lying here, but uh, this is 100% true. Jack Benny performed with the first black president of the United States. And everyone goes silent and says, what is he talking about? No, he did not play for Barack Obama, though maybe Barack listens to my podcast, who knows. Uh, He actually played for the first black president that I can think of anyway that was in film. And this film was the 1972 film, I believe it was 72, uh, television film of uh, the Man. And the man starred James Earl Jones. and uh, the president uh, the vice president is already um, uh, ill. Uh, I think he had a stroke is what the story is in this movie. And the President and the Speaker of the House are at a function together and end up, there's a bomb or something, and they get killed. And so it follows down the line, and, and I think he's the, uh, James Earl Jones is like the Secretary of Agriculture or something like that, and it falls to him that he would be the next in line to be the President of the United States, and he becomes the first black president of the United States. It's a very interesting movie. It is written by Rod Serling. I have watched it on occasion. I uh, Somehow, <laughs> one of those freaky things, uh, it was at night, uh, back in the 80s, I suppose. I uh, It was a late night movie and I couldn't get to sleep or something. And this movie came on and I just went hmm, these first couple minutes are kind of interesting. And so I flipped on my um, VCR and taped it. And I've never seen it. It's not been put on DVD. It's not been put on VHS. It's it's like hard, hard, hard film to find. I've been trying to watch it for years again. But I did used to watch that VHS every once in a while, but then I, uh, over the course of moving and things, lost that. Uh, the one thing that was missing on the VHS, because I didn't decide until the credits basically were finished running to start taping it, and it's a good film, as I said. But before the credits start to run, the president is attending a function with uh, an entertainer. Someone is entertaining the, the group uh, that he's with, and that person entertaining the group is none other than Jack Benny. And so, Jack, I don't even know if he gets credited in the film. I think he does actually, now that I think about it. I think they said something like they're amazed at how much he got credit for in, in the credits for the film, being as he was only in it for, pff, boy, couldn't have been more than two minutes. Uh, but there's Jack Benny entertaining the President of the United States. I guess if you think about it, now they said he entertained the first black president. Uh, James Earl Jones was not the president at that point Uh, I guess he entertains the president right before James Earl Jones takes over the role, but anyway he's in the film with the first black president of the United States kind of entertaining kind of interesting Um, if anyone knows where you can get a copy of The Man with James Earl Jones written by Rod Serling I would love to know or if it's available online somewhere like YouTube or something but I haven't been able to find that either Now, if you are a Rod Serling fan, uh, you might have noticed that on Saturdays I'm starting to have um, a Rod Serling podcast where I bring you some of his rarest and best um, written scripts uh, that... uh, we can find on YouTube uh, the television shows and so forth. So, this last week I brought you his first Emmy women Emmy winning script from nineteen fifty five. I think it was, and it was uh, his teleplay of Patterns, and Patterns was on. Was it on the Craft? I think it was on the Craft. Craft Television Theater, I believe. And uh, I did a little podcast on that, and then I linked to Patterns, the television show from, like I say, the craft television um, program. Also, it was such a big hit that they made it into a movie, and so I linked to the movie as well, both of them in their entirety on uh, YouTube. Now, this upcoming Saturday, I'm going to be linking to and discussing, we'll discuss Patterns, so Make sure you watch that before you listen to the podcast called Analyzing Patterns. And I'll be introducing you to his second uh, teleplay that won him his next Emmy. And so uh, I won't give that away, but tune in Saturday if you want to hear what that is. And then we'll have his third Emmy-winning uh, teleplay on the following week. And then the f- week after that we will have... Um, his original pilot for Twilight Zone that was never shown on Twilight Zone. It was shown on Desilu Playhouse. uh, And we'll have that in its entirety, too. And that is called the Time Element. And a lot of uh, Twilight Zone fans have never seen that. So it'll be cool to be able to share that. And then... I think from there we're going to start going into his ultra rare 1965 Western series that he wrote. Uh, he this is after Twilight Zone went off the air and before um, Night Gallery went on the air in 70. You know, like 69 or 70, something like that. But this is 1965 and it is uh, his Western called The Loner, starring Lloyd Bridges, which has some excellent episodes written by him. I believe I have 18 of the 26 episodes. Uh, uh, they're all available on YouTube, and uh, I'll be bringing those to you each week and analyzing those. It'll be a lot of fun. If you uh, are a Rod Serling fan, this is about as close to the Holy Grail as you're going to get. Uh, I would love to be able to cap off the whole thing by bringing you The Man, uh, with James Earl Jones, written by Rod Serling, and with Jack Benny in the cast as well, if I could ever find it, but I don't know if I will or not. Anyway, enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoyed this kind of strange podcast, but anyway, enjoy this wonderful episode of The Jack Benny Show as he's still hanging around the D.C. area, uh, and entertaining, um, the president of the united states so we shall see you next time
1: the grape nuts flakes program coming to you from the united states marine base at quantico virginia and starring jack benny with mary livingston dennis day rochester yours truly don wilson and the mcfarland twins and the orchestra <laughs> You know what I received the other day? A fan letter. Yes, sir. It said, Why don't you people do something about that dull word, delicious? I've heard it on the air 40 times today. Go and get yourself a new word. So my fan doesn't like delicious, huh? Well, I wonder if he'd settle for the super duper pan dandy. Well, instead of saying how delicious grape nuts flakes are, I can certainly call them sweet as a nut grape nuts flakes. And oh, boy, does that describe to a T... They're delicious... No, no, now, wait a minute. I mean their malty-rich flavor. And I'll wager there's one thing my fan does like about delicious, and that's the ditto way grape nuts flakes taste. And their ditto, crisp and toasty texture. And does this nutritious and, uh, delectable breakfast food satisfy? Why, you'll find the whole family clamoring for it. So try this, uh, ambrosial, this, uh, This swell, elegant breakfast dish, grape nuts flakes, tomorrow. You'll find they're, uh, delicious. to Morocco, played by the orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, from Quantico, Virginia, where we're broadcasting to the world's roughest, toughest fighting men, the United States Marines...
5: You said it.
1: We bring you the Waukegan cream puff, Jack Benny. Hey.
3: Thank you.
5: Hey, what? What happened to that first number there? My goodness I, I thought Phil Harris was back with us again I mean, what the... Uh, hello again, this is Jack Benny speaking And Don, Don, you can talk about my gray hair And you can kid me about being, uh, shall I say, conservative But uh, when you call me a cream puff, that's a going too far Why, when I was a young fellow in Waukegan Everybody used to call me The mangler? The mangler?
1: My goodness, why did they call you that?
5: I used to crush strawberries at a soda fountain. I was the best jerk they had. Soda, of course. And talk talk about being tough. Why, Don, would you believe it? When I was only eight years old, I had a fight with a kid who was over 12. And what happened? I knocked her cold. <laughs> She had it coming, though. She was always dipping my curls in the inkwell. But you're right about these Marines down there, as rugged a bunch of boys as I've ever seen. I mean, they've got what it takes. Pardon me, come in.
7: Mr. Benny? Yes, I'm a half of the Marine station here. I want to welcome you to Chronicle. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Pull in your guts. <laughs>
5: Yes, sir. Gee, these, these guys are really in condition, aren't they, Don? Yes, they certainly are. By the way, Jack, how's Mary's cold? Is she going to be on the program tonight? Uh, no, no, she isn't, Don. She'll be back next Sunday, though. You know, we've been knocking around the country at a pretty fast clip, and a woman can't take it like we men. I feel fine myself. You do, Mr. Benny? Yeah. How do I look?
7: Well, I'll probably get slugged for this, but you look like
5: something that's cat dragged out. And that's in. Dragged in This cat dragged you out again (laughs) Never mind Hello, Dennis Hello (laughs) Dennis, Dennis, what do you mean I look bad? I mean, what's wrong with me?
7: Well, gee, you're awful pale and run-down looking
5: Well, sure I'm pale. I ruined my sunlamp trying to make waffles in it.
7: (laughs) Uh, What what else is wrong? Remember this morning on the train when you were shaving? Yeah. Well, you cut yourself and no blood came out. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes!
4: Well,
5: that settles it. I got to see a doctor. I'll mail out bids and get an estimate on a good checkup.
1: First thing tomorrow. Tell me, Jack, who's going to take Mary's place on the program tonight? After all, we do need a girl's voice. Well, uh... Well...
7: Don't look at me. I'm just a tenor.
5: (laughs) I'm not looking at you. I was about to say that Virginia Bruce is going to be with us tonight. Virginia Bruce? Yeah, she's down here on location for a picture, and she very graciously consented to come over.
7: You mean Virginia Bruce, the big movie actress? Yes, sir. You mean the beautiful blonde with the dreamy eyes that I'll fall madly in love with and ask her to marry me, and she'll say no, and I'll hang myself with that lousy necktie you gave me for Christmas? (laughs)
5: Oh, boy, what an imagination that kid's got.
7: It comes in handy when you haven't got a girl, believe me.
5: (laughs) All right. Anyway, Miss Bruce will be here in a few minutes, and Dennis... I want you to be on your best behavior. What do you mean? I mean, no standing on your head and showing off. And uh, now, folks... He hates me because I can stand on my head. I hate you because your head is flat and you can do it the easy way. (laughs) It's not fair to the rest of us. Well, here comes the musical end of the program, the McFarland twins. Hello, Art, George. Hello, Hello, Mr. (laughs) Freddy. These two boys do look exactly alike If George didn't owe me five bucks I couldn't tell them apart By the way, George When are you going to pay me that money?
7: Right now I'm tired of wearing this ring in my nose Well,
5: I, I had to mark you I didn't want to get that old run around, you know Now, fellas Virginia Bruce should be here pretty soon So in the meantime Let's have your band number
6: Gee, is Virginia Bruce going to be on this program?
7: That's right I think she's terrific. Don't you, George? I think she's terrific. Don't you, Art? I think she's terrific. Don't you, Dennis? Dennis, stop talking to yourself.
5: <laughs> now, come on, fellas. Let's have that band number and put some real stuff in it. Remember, we're playing for the United States Marines. A bunch of red-blooded, rare and terran guys, eh, Sergeant Wilson? You
1: said it, buddy. Now tell these guys what you had for breakfast this morning.
5: Toasty, brown, sweet are not Grape Nuts Flakes,
1: of course. <laughs> of course what? Of course, sir. That's more like it. And what do these Grape Nuts Flakes come in? A make 12-ounce economy-sized packet. Sir, right. And what does Grape Nuts Flakes contain?
8: Iron Iocin our vitamin B1. <laughs>
1: that very good Benny now button your lip yes sir gee how could we
5: get so tough on breakfast food (laughs) oh well play McFarland Chance on Love played by the McFarland Twins and their orchestra. And, fellas, that was all right. You twins are really going places. And now, boys... Twins, that's a hot one. What do you mean, a hot one? It so happens, Dennis, that they are twins.
7: Oh, yeah? One of them throws his voice, and the other one's a dummy.
5: Believe me, Dennis, there's no ventriloquism involved. They're both flesh and blood.
7: Then I better quit carving my initials in the one I thought was wood.
5: Yes. And now, boys, no use waiting. i got to give that kid a hot chocolate with a Mickey in it. (laughs) Now, boys, I'd like to have you meet that beautiful and talented screen actress, Miss Virginia Bruce. Come on over here and take a bow, Virginia. Mm
4: -hmm. Thank you, Jack. Bye, darling.
5: Listen to that. You know, Virginia, you, you got more applause than I did.
9: Well, this is my last pair of nylon stockings. I'm glad they're doing a good job.
5: Oh, is that it? Well, now that you've brought up the subject, Virginia, I've, I've got pretty good-looking legs myself. Yeah. Here, look.
4: Oh. Uh,
5: not uh, Not bad,
9: eh? I'd hate to get an order of mashed potatoes with that many lumps in them.
5: Well, I've been taking vitamin pills and they don't dissolve, you know.
4: <laughs>
5: but uh I don't know. I think uh, I think my legs are gorgeous.
9: And those pink lace garters. Did you borrow them from Mary?
5: Oh no, no, Virginia. A girl threw them at me in a burlesque theater.
9: <laughs>
5: she hooked my ear with one of them, but the other one I had a fight for. <laughs> What a brawl
7: My hand still hurts where you stomped on it
5: You'll not be so grabby Oh, Virginia, this is our young tenor, Dennis Day
7: Hello, Dennis Gee, Miss Bruce, this is the happiest moment of my life <laughs> Well Just say the
9: word and I'll stand on my head
5: Dennis, uh, you'll have to pardon him, Virginia He's so emotional
9: You're panting a little yourself, Daddy
5: Oh, yes, I
1: am And this is our announcer, Don Wilson
9: Hello, Mr. Wilson
1: How do you do, Miss Bruce? I can't stand on my head for you But I can shuffle my chins like a deck of cards
5: (laughs) Don, Don, don't act like a schoolboy Get a load of them, fellas Huckleberry Hippo (laughs) And uh, now, Virginia I'd like you to meet the twins Art and George Glad to
9: know you, boys Same Same here.
5: here Aren't they, aren't they cute, Virginia?
9: My goodness, Jack. I didn't know you had twins.
5: Oh, they're they're not mine. They're the, <laughs> they're the McFarlane twins. By the way, Virginia, I understand you're down here making a picture. How's it coming along?
9: Well, we haven't started shooting yet. Mr. Ratoff, the director, is looking over typical southern locations. Oh, you mean Gregory Ratoff? Yes, you ought to meet him, Jack. He has the cutest Russian dialect. Oh,
5: I know Ratoff and his dialect. Mm-hmm. We're old friends. Uh, did you tell Gregory you were going to be on my program
9: tonight? Certainly. what did he say? Watch out, Virginia. He's old, but he's a wolf.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do have my romantic moment. Uh, by the way, uh, Virginia, uh, speaking of pictures I've been in...
9: Who's speaking of pictures you've been in?
5: I am. I am. <laughs> you see, I've, uh, I've got a new one coming out pretty soon called The Meanest Man in the World. A nice title, isn't it?
9: Yeah. But, Jack, that doesn't fit you at all. My good heavens, you're not the meanest man in the world. I'm... I'm not? Of course not. How could anyone be mean who has such a sweet, friendly smile?
5: Well, I...
9: (laughs) Big blue eyes that are always twinkling.
5: Well, my eyes have been compared to the waters of the Minnetonka. Uh,
9: What,
5: uh, what else, Virginia?
9: Well, we've already mentioned your lumpy legs.
5: Oh, those are vitamin pills, you know.
9: I'm just kidding, Jack. You're really one of the nicest, sweetest, kindest, most considerate...
5: Most lovable?
9: Wait for me. (laughs) Oh, pardon me.
5: You know, Virginia, it's funny that all the time we've been in Hollywood, you and I have never made a picture together. You know, you'd think that...
9: Come on,
8: Virginia, let's get going! (laughs) Hey, that
5: sounds like Rattoff. What's he doing here?
9: Oh, he came to pick me up. We're interviewing several local boys to play opposite me in the picture.
5: Oh, you mean you haven't got a
9: leading man yet? No, we're looking for a young fellow with one of those charming southern accents.
5: Well, shut my mouth, honey, child. <laughs> Why'd you all say so sooner? How's that sound, Virginia?
9: Like a minstrel show, but maybe Radoff will like it.
5: It's a cinch. when he hears me talking like this. He'll come. Right...
9: Open that door or I break
8: it down. I'm a Russian and I'm advancing. Come on in, Gregory. <laughs> Well, this is a surprise. How are you, Gregory? I haven't seen you since Hollywood. Fine, Jack. I sure like it down here in old Virginia.
5: <laughs> in old Virginia?
8: That's what we all sovereigns call Kentucky.
5: <laughs> That's what you call Virginia. Say, Gregory, how's your picture coming along?
8: It will be colossal, stupendous. It even might make some money. Say, hey, that, that sounds like it's going to be an epic. If it's only an epic, I'll blow my brains up. Say, Jack, how can I miss? I've got the most beautiful leading lady. All we need now is a southern boy for the part of the hero.
5: I see. Well, I think I can help you out. Now, uh, listen to this. Your search is ended, sir. I'm at your service. How does that sound?
8: Like a minstrel show, but maybe I like it.
5: Good. Now, look, Gregory, have you got the script with you? Right in my pocket. Well, now, I'm going over in the corner and study this, and right after Dennis's number... Wait a minute, I'll take it. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny, this is Rochester. <laughs> oh, hello, Rochester. Where are you calling from? Washington, D.C. Oh, you're still in Washington. Now listen, Rochester. You were supposed to be on the bus with me at 10 o'clock this morning to go to Quantico. What happened?
6: Well, I got some friends here. Yes? And at 10 o'clock this morning, I was at a party they gave for me last night.
5: Why'd you have to stay till 10 this morning?
6: We had a bottle of champagne and we couldn't get the cork out till 9.45. Well,
5: that must have been some party. Who was there? Well, there was my
6: brother and his second wife. Uh-huh. And my cousin and my brother's first wife. Uh-huh. And there was, there was my sister who married a total stranger. Oh. And then we also had my uncle Sylvester who came in from Beverly Hills, California.
5: I didn't know you had an uncle in Beverly Hills. Where does he live?
6: 360 North Camden Drive.
5: Wait a minute. That's my address. That's my house.
6: I've been meaning to tell you, boss. He lives in the garage.
5: Oh, ho, I thought I saw lights there at night Now, Rochester, how long has your Uncle Sylvester been living in my garage?
6: Well, two dollars a week, I got eighty dollars Forty weeks, boss
5: (laughs) Well, that's my fault I should have suspected something when I saw you carrying all those pork chops out to my horse Well, I'll talk to you about this later, goodbye So long, Mr. Benny Imagine his uncle living in my garage Sing, Dennis Now, don't run away, Virginia and Gregory I'm going to study this part
7: Get a trifle weary with Mr. Einstein's theory, so we must get down to earth at times, relax, relieve attention. No matter what the progress or what may it be proved, the simple facts of life are such they cannot be removed. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss, a sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things are lies Time goes by, and when two lovers woo, they still say I love you, on that you can rely. No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs never out of date Hearts full of passion, jealousy and hate Woman needs man and man must have his mate That no one can on. A love and glory A case of do or not
5: As Time Goes By from Casablanca, starring Franklin D. Roosevelt and Winston Churchill. I mean Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman. And sung by Dennis Day. Well, Gregory, I glanced over the script and I'm more convinced than ever that I'm just the guy for the part of a southern boy.
8: Part nothing. I want a guy that can do the whole thing.
5: I'll do the whole thing. And I'll be colossal.
8: Colossal is a big word. Don't kick it around.
5: You should talk. Well, Virginia, it looks like I'm going to be your leading man.
9: But Jack, you haven't even rehearsed the part.
5: Ah, it's bound to work out. I can just see it in lights. Virginia Bruce and Jack Benny in a Gregory Rathoff production.
8: Leave my name out of it.
5: (laughs) Now, wait a minute, Gregory. Don't run me down till you try me. Now, let's get started with the rehearsal.
8: Okay, I'll get my technical advisor.
5: Your technical advisor?
8: Certainly, he's a real Southern Colonel and he knows all about Dixie. For my name, Colonel, Is that the colonel? Hello, Stranger.
4: Schlepperman.
5: Well, Schlepperman, how long have you been a southern colonel?
7: Since Tuesday. Rather put an ad in the paper. Oh. But don't you all give me away, all? I won't, but
5: Schlepp, I can't imagine you being a technical advisor. What do you know about the South?
7: Oh, that barge. Lift that bail. Mammy's little baby loves softening, softening. Mammy's little baby loves softening bread. I'll take some fun.
5: Say, that's... <laughs> say, that's pretty good. I tell you, Jack, he's terrific. So you like him, eh, Rathoff? <laughs> His
8: dialect kills me.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you say we get started? Let's try a scene from the picture, Gregory, so you can see what I do. A love scene, that's where I shine
8: All right, a love scene Now, Miss Bruce and Mr. Benny Take your places Now, Jack, it is a hot summer night And you are waiting for your sweetheart on the veranda I see Then the butler comes in The butler, eh? Yes His name is Julep And you ask him for a piece of candy The uh, butler's name is Julep? Look, it says right here Bring me a mint, (laughs) Julep
5: That's bring me a mint julep. It's a drink made with bourbon. Bourbon,
8: schmorbon, All I know is vodka. Hmm.
9: Oh, Mr. Radoff, where am I in this scene? You are in the garden, and you are
8: heartbroken because your lover is going away. You are sniffling a rose. Sniffling a rose. What's that?
9: That's the way he talks, Jack. Yesterday he went into a restaurant and ordered a porter horse steak.
5: <laughs> porter horse. Say, hey, he might have been right. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Hey, that's, that's a good one. Why, Doctor? I am in charge here. All right, all right. How does this thing start? The butler has told you that your sweetheart is in the garden. Now you enter the garden. Music.
5: Oh, Magnolia? Magnolia, honey? Where are you all?
9: I'm over here by the bird bath, Sugar.
5: Oh, if you're taking a bath,
8: I'll come back later.
4: <laughs>
8: Goodbye. Now, wait a minute, Jack. It isn't hot. It is night, and the gales are bathing.
5: You mean the nightingales are bathing. That's
8: what I said. I see it.
5: Okay. <clears throat> Magnolia, honey. I'm a-leaving tonight. But before I go, there's something I've got to ask you.
9: Yes, Finchbottom? bottom. Hmm. <laughs>
5: Finchbottom (laughs) Magnolia, honey I want you to do me the honor Of becoming my wife
9: Your wife? Oh, Finchbottom
5: Kiss me, Magnolia Kiss me Kiss me, Magnolia
8: (laughs) Kiss me Well, go ahead, Jack How can I kiss her When she keeps ducking? (laughs) Hold still, will you, Virginia? All right Let's take that line again
9: Excuse me, Jack Oh, Mr. Radoff May I speak to you a minute Alone?
8: Certainly. What's on your mind, Virginia?
9: Well, uh, wait a minute. I better whisper it.
8: What's the whispering for?
9: Listen, Gregory.
8: All right, so he drew the (laughs) lead.
5: Cut out the whispering. Now, come on over here, Virginia, and let's do this love scene.
8: You better tell him, Gregory. Sorry, Jack. You cannot have the part. What do you mean, I can't have the part? In Russia, we are very direct. You stink.
5: (laughs) What? Colossally. Now, wait a minute, Gregory. Listen, Virginia, I can do this love scene if you'll just give me a chance. But,
9: Jack, you're so violent, so passionate. Passionate? Look, there's steam all over your glasses.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I'll wipe them off. Now, don't worry, Virginia. Let's try it again. And this time I'll be as gentle as a lamb.
8: Animal picture I will not direct. <laughs>
5: That's not what I'm talking about. Now, come on, let's go. <clears throat> Magnolia, honey, I want you to do me the honor of becoming my wife.
9: Your wife? Oh, Finchbottom.
5: Kiss me, Magnolia. Kiss me. <laughs> How is that, Virginia? Do I get the part or not?
9: Wow, you certainly do, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) That's great. Now kiss Gregory and see what he says.
8: (laughs) Gregory, kiss me, Finch and Bottom. Kiss me.
1: Out. Oh, what the you with Well, let's face it, friends. You know and I know that right now we're all up against a serious shortage of many important foods. And these shortages shortages will never be more acute in the future. However, there's one valuable food that is now and will continue to be plentiful. Whole grain cereals, one of the finest, most nourishing foods you can serve, and one that our government nutrition program successfully recommends. There's only one hitch, the danger of a serious shortage in the paper used to pack these cereals. But you and I, all of us, can do something about that. (laughs) Simply buy as many foods as possible in large packages instead of small ones or it takes less paper per pound to pack the larger sizes. So when you buy whole grain cereals, whether it's Grape Nuts Flakes or any other of your favorite brands, be sure to ask your grocer for the largest package he has. You'll be saving paper, and so you'll help to make sure that there will be enough of these nourishing whole grain cereals to go around. And incidentally, you'll find that you save money, too, when you buy the larger package. So help your country, help your neighbor, help yourself. Buy whole grain cereals in large size packages.
5: That was the last number of the 18th program of the new Grape Nuts Flake series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time. I want to thank Miss Bruce and Mr. Raptoff for appearing on our program tonight. Miss Bruce will be with us tomorrow when we do a show for you Army boys at Newport News, Virginia, and also Tuesday for your Navy boys at Norfolk. Good night, Dow. Good night, everybody. <laughs> the, the program is written by Bill and Eddie Bellore. This program
1: is for the entertainment of the personnel at the United States Marine Base at Quantico, Virginia, and does not necessarily constitute an endorsement of the product by the Navy Department.
5: When Reveille sounds on the home front each day, it's mom's cue to get her folks launched on their way with hot...